Welcome to Consulting Growth Hour with me, Fahim Musa, where I break down key growth concepts so you can build a thriving consulting business. Check out the show notes for presentations and handouts as we go deep into the rabbit hole of consulting. Let's get started. Okay, welcome everybody. Good to see all of you here. We're gonna, we'll just jump right in now. To, so for those of you who are just joining me for the first time, what we do here is we meet every two weeks on Thursdays and I walk you through a specific topic related to growing your consulting business, thus consulting growth. And so far we've had seven sessions prior to this and we've talked about consulting business models. We've talked about marketing strategy, how to build a repeatable and scalable consulting solution. We've talked about how to increase your fees. We've talked about mindset for growth and a couple of other topics that I can't remember now. So this is the eighth edition of Consulting Growth Hour. And today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, how to nail your consulting message. So if you've, if you've noticed the way you, as I was talking about the various topics, you know, I've structured the topics in such a way that we talked to talk about the big picture stuff in the beginning, like strategy, mindset how to think about pricing and so on. And as we move forward in the, in these, in the series, I'll, I'll, I'm going to be talking more about a lot, a lot of tactical stuff. Not that today's topic is tactical. I think it's very strategic. It's very high level, but uh, going forward, I'll talk about other things like, uh, you know, content and tools and, and so on and so forth. But uh, today's topic is still at that high level. It's, it's, it's very strategic. And it's a really fun topic. You can have a lot of fun with it once you know how to do it. Okay. And I'm talking about messaging, of course. So before I get into today's, you know, the meat of today's topic, I want to, I want to be, I want to make sure that everybody's on the same page as to, and knows what, what I mean and know, you know, what I mean by messaging. When I say messaging, I'm talking about how to communicate the value of your consulting services to the market. Sometimes when I talk about, when I say messaging to my clients and other people, they think that, you know, it's messaging has to do with how to message people on LinkedIn or, you know, direct message them or use the inbox and so on. That's not what I mean when I say messaging. Again, messaging to me is the overall message that you send out to the market and communicate your value to the market so that they are interested in you, are curious to know what you do, and they reach out to you and want to have a conversation, right? That's what I mean by messaging. And that's what I, that's why messaging is a very strategic topic. And talking about strategy, today what I'm going to do is I'm going to be talking about messaging in a high level way. I'm not going to be talking conceptually. We will be using examples. But I'm going to be talking about what you need to know and what you need to focus on in order for you to craft your message, right? Your message goes out on various channels, it goes out on your website, it goes out on your LinkedIn profile. It goes out in, in the content that you create, wherever you create such content. It goes out in events that you speak at or virtual events like, like this that you speak at. It even goes out in one-to-one -one interactions with with prospects that you have either in a, in, a, in a sales conversation or a discovery, or even one-on-one -on -one when you meet somebody at a networking event or a conference, for example, right? The, the channels are, are many, but your core message 
has to be very well defined based on that core message. You know, you can find different ways and formats and templates that you can, you know, use to relay your message to these various channels. So I'm not going to be talking about templates and, you know, formats of how you can create a message for maybe your website or your LinkedIn or so on and so forth. What I'm going to be giving you here and sharing with you here is how to craft your overall core message. So, you know, wherever you go and whichever channel you choose to relay that message, you know, your core message is intact, right? And then you can kind of, you know, use any, any kind of tactics you want, any kind of templates you want and, you know, put your message out there. Is this clear? If it's not, I'll explain it again because this is pretty important. So please let me know in the chat. Matthew says, okay, I thought I recognized the theme song. So I'm on, I'm on what season are you on? I'm on season seven of Homeland, Matthew. Okay, so please let me know in the chat if you've understood this, it makes sense. Good, thank you. Anyone else, do you want me to explain this again? Okay, I'm gonna move on. So are you guys looking at my screen, it should say how to nail your consulting message. Just let me know, one of you, if you can see that. Right, okay, so here's what I'm gonna to do today. I'm gonna to be sharing with you uh, the core, how to craft a core message. And here's the thing, your core message is a story, right? I, I told you about Homeland that I'm watching on, uh, on TV. And the reason I'm hooked is because the story is so gripping. It's thriller and every season, or not every season, but every like, you know, minute of the show is gripping and keeps you watch, it keeps you hooked and you want to, you know, watch more. So today, what I'm going to share with you is you know, how to create and craft a story and a narrative for your business that keeps your audience hooked and wants to know more about you and wants to be, you know, have a chat with you or, you know, learn more about you. Okay. So that's what messaging is all about. It's not about the tactics, but it's about the narrative and the story you put out to the world so that people are interested in you. Everybody is hit with so many messages these days. And I don't want to tell you about that because that's pretty obvious. But uh, so in order for you to stand out, you need to have a compelling story that, that your audience resonates with, right? And so today what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be sharing with you how to craft that story. It's, it's super interesting. Once you understand the concept, you know, you can, you can use it for your business and it's super powerful. So I'm going to be sharing my screen so here's, here's the format of today's show. I'm going to do something different. I did try a little bit about a variation of this in my, one of my previous calls. So I'm going to do a little bit of live coaching here. And I want to invite two of you to the hot seat, at least two of you, um, and 10 minutes each. Okay. I don't want to, I want to make sure that everybody you know, gets value out of this. And 10 minutes each, two of you, depending if, uh, uh, if we have time. And create a message for you or create a, a story for you. I'm not going to create, give you the entire solution. No, we don't have time for that, but I'm going to start you off on how to create a message based on, on you know, the, the approach that I'm going to show you now. And so that, you know, you can kind of think about it after this, this session and, and, you know, complete it and create it. Okay. So I want to, st let's start with a little bit of theory first. Okay. Five minutes on the approach to build a narrative and create a story, okay? The first thing you wanna do is you wanna make sure that you are clear on 
who your ideal client is. You, you have to be clear on your ideal client profile and avatar. I did mention that we, we did talk about this in the marketing strategy session a little while earlier. And you know, if, if people, if you're out here and if, you, if you're joining us for the first time, um, if you want any of the previous sessions, just let me know. Just send me an email and just reply to one of those emails that I've sent you earlier. And I will send the, the video of, of, uh, of that specific session. Okay, so we've done this before. We've talked about how to create your ideal profile and how to segment your market, whether you wanna, you know, from an organizational perspective, who are you targeting, whether it's vertical, whether it's, you know, in the, you go industry agnostic or you are focused on some kind of customer focused segmentation, right? But you wanna be clear about who you're creating a message for, right? If you're not clear on that, then, your message, whatever it is, is gonna fall flat because people are not gonna resonate with it, right? So you wanna make sure that you are clear on the organization, the type of organization, whether they're small businesses, mid-sized businesses, large businesses in a specific geography and so on. And you wanna be clear on who the buyer is. Who is, what is their designation? Are they VPs? Are they C-level executives? Are they directors? Are they founders and owners of, of businesses? and so on. And uh, what function are they operations? Are they whatever marketing, et cetera, et cetera. Clear, be clear on who that buyer is. Okay. The next thing you want to do is be clear on the buyer's pains, not only their pains, but their symptoms. What currently pains them in their business or in their department, right? And how does, how do those pains show up in their day-to-day -day life? Wait for the example, and we'll do this so you'll understand this better, okay? Their dream outcome, what exactly do they want? Where are they right now? And what do they want to happen? That's their dream outcome. The way I define a dream outcome is, can you say what they wanna win? Can you say what they want to retrieve? Something that they've lost, that they've retrieved, that they wanted to get back, right? Something that they wanna escape from, right? They wanna be free from something, right? something that they want to stop happening, right? So those are the ways you create your dream outcome, okay? What stops them from achieving their dream outcome? What's the root cause? Why are they not able to achieve their uh, dream outcome? You see, these are the things that are elements of a great story. You wanna be very clear on these things so that then you can kind of go out to the market and talk about these things. And when you talk about things that people are going through, your market is going through, and, and somebody comes, some comes across that message, they're going to sit up and notice because for them, that's their world. Number five, what are the options available that they don't like right now, that they don't want to take? Okay. Number six, this one's very powerful. What are they fed up with? What have they tried before and hasn't worked? What do they you know, want to avoid? Number seven, why is your solution, why your solution works and how it's different? Really important. Right? We've done a session on how to create a compelling offering. Right? So you want to make sure you're very clear on why your solution works and addresses all of these, these elements, these pain points, and how it's going to help them and how it's different. Number eight, consequences. What future pain they would experience if they do nothing? Okay? What's that future pain like? Be very careful. Uh, there's a very fine line between talking about the consequences and fear-mongering. No fear-mongering required, but you can talk about certain real consequences of, how, of what happens if they don't move past the status quo, if they, don't, if they do nothing, 
right? Because a lot of the times people don't think about the consequences. They're so frozen about their current situation and their pain and their symptoms, but they, they, don't, they don't think it through. But your job as a consulting business owner is to lay it out on the line, lay it out for them very clearly and talk about, okay, here are the things that, you know, that will happen if you don't move past the status quo and you don't, don't take a decision to move forward, right? That's consequences. And finally, opportunities. What opportunities will they miss out on? What are the opportunity costs, right? So these are the core elements of a story. Now there are various, you know, there's various literature out there about how to build a story. There's uh, lots of books out there that uh, that talk about how to build a story, and you're welcome to read all of those. And you know, I've read a lot of books on the subject. But you know, at the end of the day, the core the core outline of a story, you know, is what you're looking at on the screen right now. Here are the things that you need to be very clear on in order to craft your, your message. Okay. Any questions so far? Questions, questions? Somebody in the chat, please. Thank you, Matthew. Anybody else? All right. So now I want to open it up. So I like to learn using examples. I don't like theory so much, even though this, this stuff is really interesting to me at least, but uh, I want to invite a couple of you one by one and do some hot seat coaching for 10 minutes each. So, you know, this is a risk-free space. So please raise your hand if you're interested in, in doing this. And I, I encourage you to do this because, you know, there's nothing to lose and we're going to go through it and we're going to you know, give you the, okay, Paula says, we're going to give you a, I'll give you the contours of a story. So Paula, do you want to unmute and, and come on? Absolutely. Super. So Paula, where, you, where, are, you, where are you calling from? Oh. I am calling from Columbus, Ohio. Lovely. Okay. And I am 30 years post corporate business, starting my own coaching business. Ah, brilliant. So what do you mean corporate business? Well, I was working, I led a sales team for about 15, 20 years and just worked in corporate America distribution for quite some time. All right. All right. That's great. And what, and you're starting a coaching business right now? I am. So what's the coaching business about? It is, the coaching business is coaching leaders to help emerging leaders stay loyal, remain loyal, energized and focused. Brilliant. So it's, it's a leadership based coaching service, right? Yep. Super. Okay. I'm not sure if I should share the screen because I want to see you. If I share the screen, I don't see you. So, but I'm going to, I'm going to want the others to benefit as well. So I'll share the screen. Let's see. Okay. Okay. So let's go, but don't be distracted by the questions. So I'm going to keep a timer for nine minutes. All right. Okay. So can, can one of you keep it, keep the time for nine minutes and then just let me know when, when it's timed and then we'll wrap up in a minute, okay? Because I, I want to get one more person on as well. All right, Paula, so let's start. So you have a, a leadership coaching service that you have in mind. What's the, who, who is the client avatar? Like who's the, what, what organization, type of organization are you targeting? Type of organizations that I'm targeting are small to medium size distribution centers, healthcare, and music industry, music and entertainment. Okay, so that's good. It's very specific. Distribution centers for healthcare, which is very specific, and it's it's uh, an SMEs. That's good. So let's pick one for now because they're okay. both 
So do you want to do you want to go with the music or you want to go with? Uh, Let's go with the music. That'll be. So, I, I'm so familiar with the distribution. Okay. So what do you mean by the music industry? So record labels, artist development, sound magazines. So record labels. Okay. And who specifically are you targeting in those? Who's the buyer? The buyer would be the owner because I would be talking to them about their, you know, secession planning and loyalty of their mid-level managers. Okay. And what, what, when you say SMEs, what's the employee count? Like what's the range of the number of employees in these companies that you're targeting? Employee count is anywhere from 100 to 500. Okay. That's good. I guess. And then there is a significant opportunity for you to, because there's a hierarchy by that, by that time. Right. Okay. And any specific geography? You're in Columbus, no. Ohio. Columbus, oh. of course. But if I were to pick a geography to look at, I would probably go Nashville, LA, Arizona. Okay. Yeah, Nashville's got a huge music scene, right? Right. Okay. So let's move move forward. Right. In the context of your leadership service, what pains your buyers right now? The why, pain why? that that. The pain for the buyers are that people are leaving right and left for their competition because of lack of professional development Mm -hmm. in organizations. Mid-level leaders are thrown into a position and they know all the processes in that, but they don't know and they are not being trained on leading themselves and others. Okay, so- So um, the pain is really retention. Okay. Attrition. Okay. Attrition and retention, which is good. Okay. So what are the symptoms of that? So what, what do they, what do your buyers see, hear, and feel when this happens? So let's say somebody leaves, right? A a mid-level manager leaves. What happens then in that? So, yeah. So there's a gap. There is a gap in productivity. There's a gap in profitability. There is a gap in, you know, hiring that we've got to rehire and onboard people. Okay. So this is good, but, you know, productivity, hiring, profitability are still, you know, they're good, but we can go a little deeper. So when you say, so when I say, what do they see, hear, and feel when they see, when you, when you say a loss of productivity, what, what are we talking about here? A manager comes in and, you know, they're, they're there for eight hours, but they do what, two hours worth of work. What are they doing for the rest for the, for the other six hours? So, okay. So a lack of training, one-on-ones, coaching, data collecting of inspiring. Is that what you're looking for? So, so your buyer, the, the, remind me who your buyer is again, is the record uh, label. The owner? record labels, right. So they're, their key manager has left. Okay, Their key so, manager has left. Who okay, usually... let's say it's a production manager or whoever it is, and then there's a new person that comes in, right? Right. And they've they, got. They don't understand the you know how the organization works, and then there's lots of productivity. So, how? So can you tell me what happens when the new manager comes in, and you know what is the what are the interactions between the the founder, your buyer, and the new manager? Like, tell me about it in technical terms so that when you talk about this, your, your market understands. So let's say you're, you're like a record label producer and a new manager comes in 
and the, the manager is kind of, ha he has to acquire find talent, new, find new artists, yeah. right? So right. They, they have find, to acquire talent. So maybe yeah. there was, maybe there was a music conference and this new manager was introduced to five, five recording, five artists, amazing artists, but then they were poached by the competition because this right. person wasn't quick enough. Right. Right. So that may be a symptom. Right. And that's really frustrating because the founder or the, or you're a record label boss or the, the person that you target finds that really frustrating. So your messaging has to go into the symptoms and help them, you know, make sure that you articulate very specifically what they're going through. It's not just okay. about profit. It's not just about low productivity, but it's about showing them that, look, what happens when yeah, a new line manager or production manager comes in and is given five leads at a conference or whatever, at a, at a, at a, at a concert. And, you know, three of them go in and uh, sign up with, with your competition because right. they're not trained because your managers are simply not trained on how things work. Right. That, right. When you talk about the symptoms of their pain, that resonates more than saying low productivity because low productivity, when you say that it's an abstract concept. Got right? it. Good. Right. So let's move on. What's the okay. outcome? What's the dream, dream outcome? outcome is to have a, I would, their dream outcome is to have a manager who on, who is out. Let me start over. Your dream outcome is to have a loyal manager that will continue to grow within the company to help scale it with the knowledge and artist development. Okay, so again, good, good start, but let's just dive deeper. You wanna talk about the dream outcome and the signs that their dream outcome is, you know, will happen or is, you know, the signs that they will achieve their dream outcome. So for example, when you say scale the business, what does that mean? Sign 15 artists in, in a year? Does that mean that or something else? Scale the business does mean at the beginning, signing more artists, but also having the knowledge to eventually grow within the company. So what does grow within the company mean? Promotions. So that's the outcome for the managers, right? Right. But what's the dream outcome for your buyer, right? What did they want? Like they were, what is the result of having employees that are retained? What's the result They're, of that? They're consistent, they're loyal, and they're well-known. I mean, they are a part of the company. They, I don't yeah, know good. how to explain. No, no, it's good. That, so that's the, that's the outcome for the manager, right? But yeah. What's the, but what happens when your, the, your buyer has consistent and loyal employees? What happens to the business, right? What's the outcome for the buyer? The business probably will be, you know, He'll, he or she, the manager would know the business really well. They would acquire, you know, more, better talent. And as a result of that, you know, they will get, I mean, it's very likely that a person that is loyal and who's smart and is super productive is, you know, will have the time and will have the knowledge to acquire the right talent and kind of, you know, free would the it boss. Be some, would it be something like they their dream is to become a market leader? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Uh, dream is to become the market leader in their organization. Let's say it's a, it's a Nashville country music record producer. Like, in you know, what, yeah. would it, what would it feel like to have the, the new, the next Johnny Cash and, and Willie Nelson? Yeah. You know, what would it feel like to sign up for Johnny, uh, the next Johnny Cash or Willie Nelson or you know, Chris Christopherson uh, right. to your company, right? 
So that's yep. the, the outcome is they want to sign up. They want to have the best artists and they want to, so that's that. And having good mid-level mid -level managers will help them do that, right? Right. So that's what you want to talk about. So talk about, okay. you know, the signs. Thank of, you. Right. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm going fast because I want to make sure that, you know, I get somebody else, one person. One yeah, person. I would like, you go ahead. You know, that was really good. We'll, we'll, no, no, no. I want to finish this. I want to make sure that okay. you get uh, what you want okay. as well. So what stops but, them from achieving that? Achieving that? What stops them from achieving it is is that their mid-level managers are are craving for, for that, that they're not being that they're not being developed in a way that they need to be developed. Right. So I, you know, but again, that goes back to my business. What stops them from achieving their dream outcome is they're focusing on that dream outcome without focusing on their mid-level managers because they're right. thrown into it. Right. So that's, that's a good one actually, because you know, they're not being developed, right. They are right. not, so they don't have the right skills. They don't know how to do their jobs effectively and efficiently. And they simply don't know what they don't know, right? Right. And it's a, it's a question of, you know, not having the right systems and processes in the business that allow these managers to thrive, right? Right. Okay. Iman says nine minutes have passed, but it's, that's okay. We'll just uh, we'll wrap up in a, in a minute or two. So what are the options available to solve this problem that they don't like? Like your, your, your buyers have, one of the options could be, you know, I'll train them myself. Who has the time for that? Exactly. I'll right? train them myself. They don't need training. We'll onboard through our HR department. They've tried other trainings and they have not succeeded. Yeah. Right. And so those are the options that they don't like. The other option that they may not like is to get you know, a very a branded consulting firm who's going to charge them a bomb to come in. Right. Help them, right. So that's, right. that's, that's an option that they don't like. So those are things that you need to be very clear of and explicitly talk about in your message, because these are things that your buyers are thinking about. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what are they fed up with? This is again, a very, very important piece of, of the, of the, of the story, because people want to get rid of what they're fed up with. They may be yeah. fed up with, they may, be, they may have tried to train their company, their uh, uh, people before. They may have tried to, you know, they're fed up of, of you know, putting out, uh, working with recruiters and finding these new people, right? They don't want to, right. they don't want to do that because they're, they have other better, better things to do. They may be fed up with, you know, people coming in and leaving in a month's time. Yeah. Right? Fed up that? with the, the, fed up with the short, the 18 month, right? The 18 month attrition loss. Exactly. So again, like you're being very specific, which is good. Now, here's, here we come to your solution. What, why your solution works and how it's different. So why does your solution work and how is it different from, you know, the other options and all that we've talked about? And how is right. it going to, more importantly, how is it going to address their pains and help them achieve their dream outcome? Because how mine's different is that I work on the emotional-based skills rather than resume-based skills. So that brings in the loyalty, that brings in the focus, and we work on identifying their archetype and understanding what internally is naturally within them to bring that to their leadership style. Right. So those are all of those things are good, but you want to go one level deeper again and okay. you know talk about okay how are you going to help your 
managers or the your or your managers find the next Johnny Cash. You want to get that in level detail. Detail. What what are you going to do that's going to allow them to do their jobs and and perform in their jobs that will help you achieve that dream outcome, right? Okay. So you want you want to re- tie in your solution always with the dream outcome of your buyer because that's what they want, okay. right? Of course, yep. provided that your solution actually is able to do that, right? Right. Not, you don't want to create a message. I'm not saying that it's about you, but we all want to create a message that is true, that yes. is that actually you know gets results. Because if you don't get results, then you're going to be found out very soon, and then you won't have a business, right? Right. Here, just a couple of last questions. What is the future pain they'll experience if they do nothing? What are the consequences? Again, like what do they see? What will they see, hear, and feel when you know if they do nothing? If they do nothing, what they're going to see is the same old thing that they're feeling right now. The frustration, the lack of uh, not being a market leader, mm-hmm. the or their competition growing mm-hmm. to be a market leader before they are. Yeah. Those kind of things. Here's the thing. You're going to ask your client, how will it feel if they're at the Grammy Awards and they're, you know, a, a, a company, a record label that you started with the same year, as one, you know, best producer of the year, and you're sitting there and applauding. How will that feel? Yeah. Right? That's that's visceral. So you want to make sure that you think about what go what will go through and what, what would your what your buyers will feel when you know they if they don't do anything about the status quo, yeah. right? If they don't put in the right leadership practices and get the right professionals to train and coach their their teams to perform. Right. What opportunities will they miss out on if they do nothing? <laughs> the Grammys. Exactly. That's okay. That's a little, <laughs> I mean, that, that example was a little, you know, out there, but I, I like it. You, yeah. I like but, it though. But another opportunity, so, yeah. a very real opportunity is the, they'll miss out on the opportunity to create a real impact on the right. industry. I forget the name right. of the guy who, you know, who created the Nashville sound. In, in country music, the guy who, you know, Jim Reeves and, you know, he, he does. Yeah. So, you know, how do you, you know, what, what, you, you, what about missing, you'll miss out on the opportunity to be recognized in the industry and to, you know, to create a real impact in the industry because right. people are, you know, you don't have an optimally functioning organization, right? Those are the things that you want to be real, uh, very specific, right? Yeah, I'm at too high of a level. I need to get more. That's, that's the key to a story. That's the key to a message. That's why I wanted to kind of, you know, do these examples because, you know, I can explain this, these concepts better with a real example. Yeah. So Paula, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for being brave and coming on to, to do this. I really appreciate it. Okay. So we have time for one more. So who wants in? And first of all, did this help? Please give me some feedback. Reem says, would it be possible to send the recording? Reem, please send me an email. I might forget. So absolutely, I'll send you the recording. So who wants to come on? Again, this is a risk-free space. It's going to be fun. And it'll get your, your mind you know, in the right direction of crafting a story for your business. So you can either... OK, John. John Pelly. So thank you. Let's just, just unmute and come on, please. And then and op- and, you know, put on your camera as well so we can see you there you go i think you're on mute john there we go got the right button here now great where are you, where are you calling from i'm located in halifax nova scotia eastern ah, lovely. canada fellow canadian from the maritimes welcome yes yeah 
Great. So John, let's get into this. So please tell me what your business does. Okay. Our, our consulting firm is called Colibri Financial Services Agents. I'm a retired corporate and commercial banker, worked with one of Canada's largest banks for 35 years, specifically with, with very large corporations on an international basis. And so what we do is help companies optimize their financial services arrangements. So both from a banking and a merchant services visa credit card processing perspective and produce very significant cost savings for them based on our experience of knowing what we can and can't negotiate with, with a particular bank. Okay. So we've okay. been in business for about three years right now, producing some significant results for our clients, well over 600% return on investment. Great. Like I used to say to people, when, when I was working full-time, that was stressful. Now I'm not working, that's stressful. So you, you got to have your pipeline built up so that to, to echo some of your previous comments is you, you don't just you, you got to be marketing on a continuous basis. You can't just go deep into a project and forget about your marketing. It has to be done on a regular basis. 100%. And the following yeah. sessions will get really deep into lead generation and, and, and so on and so forth. But, yeah. but great. So this is, this is good. So we've heard from a new business owner. Now we're going to hear from an experienced and a person that's been, been, been around. So John, so let's start off with your ideal client profile. Who are you targeting? Okay, so for us right now, we've narrowed it down to companies that have over $500 million, $5 million in annual revenue and are typical and, and sort of define that to geographically to within Atlantic Canada, um, just because that's where our reputation is right now, Right. but happy to look at anything within the Canadian. So our, our typical client within the organization, the buyer would be anywhere from controller upwards to an owner of a company, depending on, on the nature of their business. Okay. So that could be, you know, VP of finance, a CF controller, system controller. Okay. And, and how long have you been in business? In this particular business, we started just prior to the start of the pandemic. So a little over three years right now. Okay. But again, my, my personal experience, which was very consulting type base was 35 years. Okay. Good. The reason I asked that is that, you know, when you said a business is upwards of 5 million, that could mean, you know, a $6 million business or a $50 billion corporation, right? The, yep. So the needs of those two entities would, would be different. So, but then if sometimes, no, ideally you want to make sure that your ideal target audience is defined because when you talk about your message in the market, you either have to talk about the needs of a five to 55 to, you know, $20 million company or talk about a, uh, the needs of a larger entity or, you know, a mid-sized entity, because when you have a very large target market, your messaging doesn't, you know, hit the spot. That's the good, that's the big problem with a lot of companies because right. they, when you don't define your target market, your messaging is kind of, it, it, it kind of dissipates. So, but I understand that for companies that have recently started, sometimes you may not want to focus, you may not be in the, in the position and know enough about the market to say, okay, here's exactly who my target audience is. This is what I'm going to focus on and, you know, leave the rest for now. That's okay. But then as long as you're, as long as you, you have an eye out and you want to make sure that you, you kind of, you end up with a, with a focus, you know, in, in the near future, because you can't be targeting such a large market for too long. 
the only reason you want to be targeting such a long market is to find out, okay, where's my focus? That's the right. way I look at it. So for the purposes of this discussion, let's just say hypothetically, you know, are you looking at you know, five to $15 million companies or are you looking at large corporations? Size companies? Large companies, large corporations tend to have a tighter handle on their finances and more experienced people in, in dedicated roles. A company that's growing wrap past that $5 million mark is typically not paying out for the staff to, to manage these sorts of things. So let's, let's, you know, cut it off and say, you know, a $50 million mark. And, and in, in that range in that, in that type of company, are you looking, are you talking to maybe a controller? Or are you talking to a founder? Or a VP, for example, would would probably be a VP of finance or a CFO at, at those levels. Okay, so CFOs at fifty million dollar companies in Atlantic Canada. Good. Yep. All right. So, what are these CFOs paid by? In the context of what you do. Well, I I think this is sort of the issue we've we've identified is that for the most part, you know, they have bigger issues than what they think they have bigger issues than looking closely at their banking to see what they can actually save. Whereas when we come in, we, we identify very significant savings, which when we have that opportunity to explain to a CFO, it, it turn the, turns the lights on for them. So it's, you know, in, in most cases, it's not about making the company more profitable. It's about repurposing that money. So if, if you could, if we could save them you know, I don't know, let's say $100,000 a year, which is at the low end of, of where we've been, you know, they could repurpose that money for something else, whether that's employee benefits or donations, you know, sponsorships, whatever, rather than just paying it out to the bank, it, it could go to a higher purpose. Right. Got it. So you've, you've, you've gotten very clear on, you know, where they can repurpose the money. You said donations, you said sponsorships, you said something interesting. You said that, you know, when you speak with them, the lights go on. So what, what types of conversations makes, you know, make that happen? What do you say to them that give them that aha? Like, I see what you're saying. Well, typically to this point, it's a generic discussion around the clients that we've already serviced. So for instance, one of the first clients we had, we saved them $265,000 a year. How'd you do which, that? How, how did you do that? A very detailed analysis of, of all of their payment forms, incoming and outgoing transaction, you know, knowing what's available in the market versus what they're doing, just some very, very detailed analytics. And then from you know, what they're doing, we take that compared to what's available in the market right now. And give them a game plan and a roadmap with short, medium, and long-term objectives to, to meet those savings. Okay. So, uh, so in your, the, the pain, I guess, okay, this is interesting because the, your, the CFOs that you talk to may not know, they're not sitting around, they, you know, scratching their heads and saying, how do I get out of this problem? They may not even know that there is a solution, right? They're, so essentially what you want to do is you want to highlight pains and problems that they may not know about. So those things that you mentioned about those line items that they could save on and what is comparable to the market, those are things that you want to be talking about in your message, saying that, have you looked at, you know, A, B, and C, for example, these are the three top line items where you could get your payment forms or, or, or whatever those technical terms are. Here's where, you know, typically companies like yours make the you know, biggest mistakes, right? So you want to be, you want to be specific and highlight 
And you want to talk about, okay, what, what, what would happen if, you know, you keep spending $250,000 every year on all of these things and simply not know about it. Like in, in, in four years, that's a million bucks. And what, would you, yep. what could you do with that million bucks, right? So you want to get granular on, you know, what those things are so that they can kind of, you know, so that, you know, when they read their message there, the lights go on, you know, for them, right? Right. So what's their dream outcome? I think you, you mentioned their dream, their dream outcome. They can kind of, you know, move those costs, save, save on those costs and move to sponsorships or, you know, other things that could, you know, probably help them generate revenue or, you know, they can move it into other types of investments that could, you know, be more profitable. Uh, other projects that could be, uh, that could provide them with a higher IRR, for example. So, so on and so forth. So, did I get that right? Or is there something else that could be their dream outcome? No, that's that's right on. You know, one of the other things that we've, with some discussions with, with treasurers and CFOs is, you know, they're incentivized by certain things as well, right? So if if saving money in some way for the company or gaining control over something is is something that's on their scorecard for this year or next year, then that's that can be a big driver also. Perfect. That's excellent. That's a great point because the dream outcome is not just for the organization, it's for the individual buyer itself. Right. Right. What yep. could that what would that do for your career? What's the next? Like, you know, typically CFOs are on the CEO track, right? Yeah. So what would yep. that and you know, what would happen if you get the right opportunity and you're, you know, because of your performance, you get you know, get to be CEO of you know, a hundred million dollar company, for example. Yep. Right. Yeah, we're we're negotiating with an organization right now that the treasurer is newly appointed, the VP of finance is newly appointed, and they're both looking to make them within the organization. And we've already indicated based on previous information we have, we, we can save them about $3 million a year. So, so they're ready to sign an NDA pretty shortly. Right. So that, that's a pretty compelling value proposition, right? Like, you know, any business that can help generate revenue or you know, help increase profit by decreasing costs is, you know, it's always, it's always a good value, great value proposition, but you've got to be, you've got to be be able to demonstrate that you, you know, you'll be able to achieve that outcome for them. Yeah. So what stops them? What stops them is, uh, you know, the reality is, is banking itself is not very, is not complicated. Bankers make it complicated. And so most people just throw their hands in the air rather than try to figure stuff out and, and negotiate with their bank. Um, okay. Whereas, you know, based on our experience and knowledge, you know, we know the profitability models they use. We, we know the incentive that the bankers have themselves, what their scorecards look like. And so we, and we know how competitive the industry is. So it's a matter of knowing the market really well and, you know, again, most, most people that we sp- speak to is like, well, yeah, it's on my, it's on my to-do list to analyze the banking, but you know, it's something that always continues to get knocked to the bottom, partly because they don't want to have to deal with it. Right. Okay. And so that's where you guys come in, right? Um, yeah, exactly. And, and we we make then. it easy for them. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's good. So what are the options of, so, so one of the options is obviously doing it to yourself and they would don't want to do it. Right. Yeah. So so in your messaging, that has to be, you want to highlight that. You want to highlight, you know, talking about, you know, the fact that they may have considered looking at their banking and their terms, but they just simply don't have the time. They've got other priorities right now. But, yeah. but then what are, what are they losing as a result of, of ignoring, of doing nothing, right? Yeah. What are they fed up with? Like, is there something that is, 
really that they've done before or they, they want to avoid that, you know, that they, you know, they, 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 don't, they don't want to do anymore? Is there something that is, that they're truly fed up with when it comes to, you know, these banking terms and, and agreements? Absolutely. And sometimes it's transactional based. They get disappointed in, you know, a loan request or, or an annual review or whatever it's ongoing with the bank. And sometimes they just say, yeah, no, it, like it, it's working fine. It's not broken. Let's not try to fix it. But the reality is, is they, they don't under, they don't realize how much is, is possible to save out there. And, and part of our value proposition too, is that, you know, if we, if we do a review and we, we don't feel we can save them significant money, we don't charge for that. We'll, we'll walk away and say, yeah, sorry, we can't save enough to make this worthwhile. But if we do save them money, we, we charge a percentage of the savings. Right. So they're not out of pocket through the whole exercise. So here's an idea, John. So the best types of clients are the ones that, you know, I don't mean to be gruesome here, but the ones that have a bleeding neck, somebody with a bleeding neck comes into ER, you know, they have to get, they, they, they need the service right now. So maybe you want to, you know, focus on companies and put, create a message and create your messaging in a way that for CFOs that understand the importance of this, this problem, like how much am I losing because of, you know, all the payments and the fees and, you know, all the stuff that I, you know, we, we pay the bank, for example, yeah. CFOs yeah. that understand this problem. And maybe you also want to see if you can go higher than that 15 million, because the bigger the, the organization, the more the potential loss, right. And the more the potential loss, the more it may be in their minds and, and stuff that, and things that maybe, you know, in the, in the urgent column of their to-do list. Yeah. Right. So, I, I mean, it's, it's an idea, it's not a solution, but it's something to consider. No, I, I agree. I mean, and we'd rather play at the larger end of the market because there's a better, you know, higher percentage of higher costs for them, but higher savings available for us, which translates to higher fees. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's chunky then. You, you don't have stable cash flow. It, it's very project driven, right? Okay, so I just want to check on the sound. Does, can you still, uh, Matthew says that it's a little choppy, but... Yeah, I'm hearing it at my end too, Fahim. On, it might be uh, your microphone. Okay, sorry about that. I don't know, I, it usually never happens. Okay, so let's move on to, we have a couple of minutes left. So, so why your solution works and how, how is it different, John? Like, how is it different from competitors, for example? Well, from what we've understood and, and our market research and discussions with people is that there's nobody offering this type of direct service. There's, there's some accounting firms that would say they can help their clients get better deals, but essentially they don't know the, the pricing models themselves. They're just calling up a friend who works for a bank and asking them to, to have a look at the file. So this is very, very different, very hands-on, and it's, you know, it's very data-driven from our perspective and with a very detailed report that can be used for employee training or, you know, it can be just straight up to the board of directors for their approval. Right. So if this is a new service that not a lot of people are doing, that you want to make sure that you have, you know, lots of case studies, you explain what exactly the client will get in the end, like those reports that you mentioned, what they can do with those reports, use them for employee trainings, et cetera, et cetera. So demonstrate to them that in your message itself, that, you know, these are the things you can do. And these are the things that will help you achieve a significant cost savings, which, which then you can repurpose to other projects. 
right? What are, what are the consequences and the opportunities? What are the consequences that they will experience if they do nothing? Well, I mean, status quo is usually never an option. There's, yeah. there's, always, there's always things that they, they could be looking at. Again, it's, you know, if they need the money to improve their financial position or improve their profitability, that's one thing. But if they, if they need it and can repurpose it to a higher level, such as employee benefits, you know, in this day and age now, helping retain employees is, is a big, big thing as well. So there's, there's better things they can do with the money than, than simply just let it flow through their, their account to their bank. So- those examples are really good. Like, you know, retaining, how does your allow you to allow the business to win at other parts of the business? Like this can affect training. This can affect employee retention. This can affect a whole lot of other things, right? right. Like yeah. I said earlier, a lot of buyers don't think about, think ahead about the consequences. And it's our job as consulting business owners to talk about these things openly and, and, you know, inform buyers that here's what can happen if you don't act, if you, if you maintain the status quo, right? And opportunities, again, like we talked about the opportunities, it's connected to the dream outcome that you mentioned. It's opportunities for the buyer themselves, their personal career. It's opportunities for, to, you know, use the funds and in other areas of the business, right? Anything else that you can think of in terms of opportunities? No, that's, that's pretty well it. I mean, you know, the other thing we've tried is to position it such that it's, you know, it's, it's not a cost, it's, it's an investment because these savings are ongoing over, you know, significant period of time. They're not one-time savings, they're annual savings. Got it. And so that's what drives the ROI on this project as well. Right? Yeah, I think you've got a solid value proposition. The, the only thing that I would say is that in businesses where there's not a lot of competition, where, you know, you only see that maybe there's either you're the only person in the market that offers these services, or, you know, it's just a few and far between those kinds of situations. There's a lot of education that's required in the market because people aren't used to hiring a consulting firm such as yours. It's not like yeah. hiring a leadership development company, or it's not like they're hiring a strategy shop, right? This is something yeah. unique. So there's lots yeah. of education that's required uh, from the part of the, the, the business consulting business. Right? Yeah. And, and that's, you know, we've, we've tried to be very consistent in our branding and our messaging from the, from the start and realize that, you know, with the new concept, it'll take some time to get, to gain some traction in certain areas. All right. So thank you so much. So we're at the top of the hour. I have one question, I believe. I think it was Amon asked me, how long should the message be? Now, it depends on the platform that you choose, you know. If you're doing a one-hour event, you can talk about it for an hour. If you're doing a, a LinkedIn headline, that's you know 220 characters. So it depends on the channel and where you are, and where you kind of relay that message. I hope this has been helpful. I'd like to get some feedback, and if it's if it's not, then you can also say that. So let me know if it's helpful, so I can you know use this format for other sessions as well. So please, whoever's on the call, if you could type in a quick comment. John, thank you. Peter, thank you so much. Good. So overall, I think I did okay. But if there's any other feedback, you know, please let me know, and we can, you know, I'll use it in the next sessions. But uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks a lot for coming, and I'll see you the next time around. Have a great weekend. Bye. 
Thanks for listening right to the end. I appreciate your time. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and connect with me and say hi on LinkedIn. For video replays of these sessions, check out our YouTube channel. And most importantly, join us live to get all your questions answered at Consulting Growth Hour Live. All details in the show notes. See you next time.